Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Hey, all you listeners. I'm here joined by my friend, Tyler Denahan. He is a firearms enthusiast, um, and we're going to call him a casual competitor. So we got a different perspective on the show today. <laughs> Tyler, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm happy to be here. You know, excited to talk guns. There's really nothing more fun than talking guns or sports. So yeah, or trucks. We should add some trucks. <laughs> That's true. We do have the same truck. I mean, yours is nicer and cleaner, but we have the same one. Oh, thanks. No. <laughs> Matt's just got his own character as well. Um, yeah, so we met, was that 2019? It was either January-ish of 2019 or late 2018. Not not exactly yeah. sure. I can't remember either. Um, yeah, so we met uh, and you dabbled in three. Was that your first competition or no? Uh, I'd have to go back and look at practice score to see if it was actually the first one or if it was the second one, but it was definitely the first three gun. Oh yeah. So you decided to go really early into three gun and you weren't like overwhelmed. <laughs> no. Well, so it's kind of funny because the guy who had invited me to it, um, I have a friend who I grew up with and then a friend who I met at Florida state and you know, Brian Keller actually from the Florida state shooting club. Yep. Um, but he was like, this is one of the craziest places to go. They're going to have shotguns set up. There'll be rifles out there. It's just going to be a blast. Like we got to do it. And so a hundred dollars to go have fun for the day. I'm in. Yeah, that was awesome. That was I yeah, I got four of y'all to come over. <laughs> Glutton for punishment or five, something ridiculous. That was a fun time though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was that was probably one of the most fun days I've had at the range. That's really cute. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I wanted to do you on the podcast specifically to share different perspectives. Um, I feel like I haven't had a lot of people that just shoot for fun. That's a big thing. Um, you and I both moved away from Talon Range. Now you're back, so that's not fair. Um <laughs> So let's take it all the way back. Um, like, did you grow up around firearms or when did you first like get into, get into guns? Um, so <laughs> my mom is openly against firearms. Um, my dad, eh, he could take them or leave them more or less. If somebody's doing something, he'll go check it out. Um, but he's not going after the range or anything like that. He grew up, um, I'll say on a farm setting, but it's not like a real working farm or anything like that. So he was around guns growing up as a kid. Okay. But mom, in the like... household, certainly no guns growing up. Um, and, you know, I'm just an American boy, like love trucks and guns, just it's part of nature. So, you know, I think actually it might have been maybe my 19th birthday or something. I was like, it's time for me to buy a gun. And I went to, I don't even think the store is open anymore. I think it was called Tallahassee Gun and Pawn um i know where that's at it's on capital circle drive right before the interstate um maybe. i don't know i don't know i might be thinking of a different place but the place okay. that i'm thinking of i don't believe is still open and they moved over to the Publix on um lake ella but they're not there anymore oh but so i bought a lever action henry 22 and i was like this gun is awesome bougie yeah, I don't know about bougie, but fun. Oh, they're nice. I mean, yeah, no, they're they're fun. And I brought it over to my sister's house and we're shooting it in the backyard. And her husband was like, this thing is so cool. And he had never shot a lever action before. And after that, it was just, 
I'm down the path, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that you could shoot those in a steel challenge either. I have never seen one in steel challenge. Oh, I have. I've seen the cowboy division. Um, so yeah, you, you can shoot. Definitely you can shoot. There's a revolver division, but you can shoot that as a 22 caliber. So yeah. I'm sure people can do that pretty quick. Um, yes. I, I mean, it, you, you shoot cowboy, right? So that's lever action. Yeah, I um, they have side stages to all the major matches. And I don't know why, but I decided to go shoot 10 shots, two per target. And it was set up like a dice. And you had to time yourself. So your hands on the timer, you let go, it goes off, you grab the gun, you, and you lever action. So I won. I won overall a fastest speed shoot on a lever action on these targets. And I, was, I had a little plaque to show for it. That is awesome. They're fun guns, though. That was a 38 special, though. Yeah. So, now, this is just your standard Henry 22, just like the least expensive one they sell. No, I like it. So when you spiraled, you got addicted, <laughs> what was next? Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't 21 years old when I first started shooting, so I couldn't buy a handgun. Um, and I didn't have anybody in my family who really owned them that I could shoot with. I did have a couple friends uh, who had them, but, you know, I still think you have to be 21 to buy ammo. So that's kind of a pain asking somebody, hey, let's go to the store and then we'll go shoot your gun. And you have to meet me at the range. So I just stuck to 22 rifles and shotguns for a while because I guess now that I'm thinking about it, a 12 gauge was actually the first gun that I got. Okay. I think my dad bought it for me when I was 12, 12 oh. or 13. Um, but I didn't get that until after I had my 22 because my dad just had it at his house. Um, and so then we were throwing clays with a group of buddies out at the, don't tell anybody about this, you know, the public range where it's definitely not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a good time just because you have a moving target and there's a little bit of operator error on throwing the clays by hand. You didn't have, did you have the thingy? Yeah, the little red thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know what they call it. I'll just say a thrower, but yeah, it's really fun to try that. So your next task, Tyler, is to go to the range, hold your shotgun, your left hand, or your non-dominant hand, throw the clay, shoulder it, and shoot it. Because I've had to do that in several matches to start off the stage. So is that one clay, two clays? How crazy is this getting? <laughs> so we've done one, and then there's a, a masochist uh, range master, <laughs> Bruce Davidson, who would make you throw two. Or yeah, you'd have to go from barrel to barrel, throw one, shoot it, throw another, or like it's a cluster. But if you do one, I'll be impressed. Start there. All right. So hold in my offhand throw. Throw. Shoot. Yeah. Okay. It actually seems like it would be harder to throw with your offhand. Well, you have to put your, your shotgun in your offhand. They make you do that. Like it well, that was at least for that stage brief. You could do right hand, yeah, and throw with your left and do it. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be harder because it if would. you're holding with your main hand, then you have to reposition the whole shotgun too. It's so bad, Tyler. We had people tossing the clays straight behind them and they're on the clock. You toss it behind you and you shoot out of your DQ, you know, because you can't do that. So they would toss it and the arrow's just like, you're on time. You got to go. That's a miss. Ah, uh, yeah. No, my, uh, my, my two rules are don't get DQ'd and don't come in last. Yeah, it's going to happen, by the way, on the DQ. Just prepare. Oh, I'm sure it will. I've come close. My, yeah. Do what? I've come close a couple times. Definitely come close. Yeah. Now it's not a matter of if it's when. So just if you shoot long enough, yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, though. I believe it. But yeah, so I definitely didn't grow up with a background. I was just one of those things that I was interested in getting into. And once you have a job and you can afford it and you're old enough to actually purchase the things, it's a lot easier to go down the rabbit hole. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, did you ever find the FSU shooting team or no? 
No. So I had graduated by the time that I found out about that. And my friend, our friend, Brian, he had access to like the FSU steel. So we used that a couple of times and set up stages and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, no, you caught me very early on where I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I love those days. I, <laughs> I think I bought my mag pouches like the day before um, the event. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Love it. I love it. Yeah. The range that um, we're talking about in Tallahassee, Talon range, if you're ever in North Florida with a panhandle, um, that is a great range to go to. Yeah. They've got skeet and trap and full courses for that. They've got 400 yard range. Now um, they put on cowboy still challenge USPSA. They don't do much three gunning anymore. No, but they do. I'll, I'll give them the plug for, they have the sporting place too. They have a whole course for that as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it, but I know it's out there. Yeah, they do a lot. And then like, I mean, I don't know another range that has as much steel as they do. Like when you get to shoot plate racks and all of that and even have a dedicated 22A. I know I'm digressing, but I want people to know like that range, that changed my life. I mean, that got me in a shooting. I don't think another range out there would have been able to do it because I've seen the ranges, you know? Yeah, no, specifically in the state of Florida, I have seen nothing like that. And you're far more traveled than I am in terms of ranges, but I have not come close to seeing anybody who does have steel set up just for the everyday person who comes out there like that. Yeah. And like, they don't have to pay extra. They don't have to rent targets. They don't have to set them up. It, it's wild. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Did you take your concealed carry class from them? No, I did it on my 21st birthday or maybe even before my 21st birthday. And maybe I sent in the paperwork on my 21st birthday. Um, but I did it at the Tallahassee indoor range, which okay. is not that, not that far down the road. Um, you know, yeah, Oliver Long, right? I don't know who that is. Okay. He shoots competitively at USPSA and helps run the matches um, a little bit. He did the Glock matches past year. Anyways, he was my teacher at the indoor range and taught me my permit as well. So I didn't know about Talon either. So that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. And this was before I knew Talon existed. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I had no idea. So that's cool. So you took the class and like, you're like me. I don't know anybody else actually that like was dedicated to being 21 years old and wanting their permit. Like, I think I went like I turned 21 during the week and I was in the weekend right then taking the class, you know? Yeah, no, I took the class before my 21st birthday and turned in the paperwork on my 21st birthday. Ooh, you felt fancy. I, I was happy about it. And the picture on it, I mean, you could tell that I was definitely a college kid. I, I think I had like hair from the night before and a sweatshirt. It must have been, I don't know, cold that morning or something. I love it. I love it. So when you were um, getting your permit or you got your permit, say, uh, what was the biggest change uh, that you made or felt, you know, when you began carrying concealed? So I certainly didn't carry concealed, you know, day one, um, because whether you believe it or not, I mean, there's a substantial responsibility that comes along with it. And I didn't necessarily know that I was ready for that responsibility, but I knew that I wanted to have access to it if I needed to. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So it took, it took me probably, probably close to a year before I was carrying on a regular basis. Um, and I probably eliminated going to bars altogether. Like I just didn't go around them. Um, and so that was an easy way to make sure that I was putting myself in good situations. Um, and then other, I mean, I still really don't go to bars very often, but other than that, it's just nice being able to have access to your firearm uh, when you might need it. Oh, hundred percent. You, you'll be jealous of this one. And I don't know why, but it's great. Tennessee, you can carry in a bar, you just can't drink which I'm good with. So like when clients want to go and people want to go, I'm just not going to drink. They're like, Hey, you want to drink? I'm like, mm -mm. they have no yeah. idea because they don't know my background. I'm like, mm -mm. but I like it. Yeah. That's, that is a pretty neat, neat uh, way to handle that. 
yeah, I like those rules. Um, but the culture in Tennessee is a little bit different as well. I would say, I mean, difference is probably a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Florida's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy Florida, man. So uh, did you, how many holsters did you go through before you found one, by the way? So like I said, I'm not big on the practice part of shooting. I just like to go out there and have fun. Um, and like, so I, I shot my Glock. That was the first uh, pistol that I bought. Shot my Glock. I'm going to say less than 2000 rounds through this gun. And I've had it for six years. Yeah. Um, but I've had three holsters for that gun. Um, the first one was not like a competition style holster. It was mostly just inside the waistband, held a light on it, that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, the second one was leather. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, and then the third one I bought from T-Rex Arms and I put a decent amount of work through that and it holds up nicely and it stays in place when I tighten it down. That's pretty cool. So are you running like their, oh gosh, I can't remember the thing, the name, but they have the sidecar and it's the... Is it Rag the Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So I have a Ragnarok for my Glock um, and I ordered a Ragnarok for my Shadow 2. I just have been super lazy on getting a holster because I can't, not that I can't afford ammo. I just am too frugal to buy ammo right now. So. No, it's awesome. Yeah. T-Rex makes a good product. Um, yeah. Like and then I'm in the insurance industry and I happen to represent a client who manufactures holsters. And so for my everyday carry, uh, I've got a different brand, but it, it gets the job done and I've never had any screws fall out or anything like that. Um, the first carry holster that I ever bought was for a Glock 43. And I think I had like a dozen screws back out over less than a year. I was like, this thing's garbage. Yeah. yeah. I still have the holster if somebody needs it, but. <laughs> Don't sell them that. That's garbage. <laughs> I didn't say I would sell it to them. Oh, it just it can't hold you. screws. So I guess so, that's yeah. what Loctite's for. Oh my gosh. I remember I'm the dumb dumb that I think I bought a sticky holster at one point. I have the belly band. Um, but none of my carry holsters, because I remember researching a lot and I, I I think I try everything that's out there on the market, um, stayed in place and you need to Loctite your stuff. Uh, once you get it set up to you, angle view, whatever, Loctite it, check it. Oh my God, that's huge. So many people don't check their gear, whether it's competition or not, like it's important. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. My screws were backing out. I didn't put Loctite on them. So didn't know that. Yeah. For those use red, you never want them to come out again. For us, we use blue. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So did your, um, did your mindset change or your clothing or situational awareness? Like what changed? Yeah. So clothing 100% instantly changed. Um, I used to wear a lot of tank tops and maybe that was just being a young guy thing. Volleyball. Uh, but volleyball. Yeah, exactly. Volleyball. So I almost never wear tank tops anymore just because they're, they don't offer the room that I need. Um, situational awareness. I like to think that I was always aware of what was going on, uh, but it definitely makes you more aware of what you're doing, who you're surrounding yourself with, uh, any potential situations that might arise out of, um, you know, having access to a firearm. Yeah, hundred percent. It's interesting that a guy changes entire wardrobe. I don't get many of those. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like I, so we just moved again. Um, yeah. like I have a box with my tank tops. It's just at the top of my closet. I'm not wearing those things. Okay, yeah. I gotta know. Did you convert your mother? Oh no, there's no hope. <laughs> no, no, there's no hope. And I mean, I'll I'll have guns in her house every now and then, uh, and I don't tell her about it. I know. Yeah, my mom. 
it's not anti-gun but she it, it blows my mind like my dad my brother me we all have firearms right and like you've got she's got grandbabies I'm like you've got grandbabies I'm not worried about you if you can't do it for yourself I bet you could do it for your grandbabies you know yeah no it it runs a, a whole gamut trying to convince somebody or sell them on your ideas and yeah. you know if she's not interested in learning maybe it's better for her grandkids if she doesn't have access to them sure. it could yeah. go both ways because like my wife is not a big fan of guns um, and I want her to at least know how to use the guns that we have in the house. Uh, but her, her response is, I, if I don't know how to use them and I go to use them, it's going to be worse. So not wrong. She not either wrong. needs to learn how to do it or stay away from them, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, point, shoot, you know, pull the trigger, figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. If only it was that simple, we'd oh all be, you know, Ben Stogers and everything. Gosh. Yeah. It's, it's overwhelming. And then you got to find one that works for you. So that's interesting. Um, the family thing for sure. I get as far as, um, like holster placement, like, did you do appendix carry or three o'clock or like what worked for you? What'd you try out? So I don't know where I got the idea that I would carry like in the small of my back, but I tried that out for a little while. Not a fan. <laughs> um, three o'clock or yeah, three o'clock, four o'clock with my body and my clothing it just doesn't work yeah um so I'm pretty much exclusively appendix yeah most skinny guys are <laughs> yeah it, it just doesn't work <clears throat> and you know maybe in the winter when when it's a cold in Tallahassee I can get away with wearing a jacket and put it somewhere else you know did you even move to get winter experience so we lived in Michigan uh for 364 days uh, one day short of a year. And we had what I would call a pretty mild winter, but I liked it. It was pretty nice. Um, and uh, it made it much easier to carry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the biggest thing when you change seasons and maybe do this, maybe you don't just ask in, do you switch out uh, capacity? So like have a larger caliber gun? No. Nope. I keep the same gun the whole time. That's good though. So like, there's two things to that keep the same gun because you know it, you practice it, you shot it, it works, right? I know people are like, oh, I switch up to a bigger capacity. I'm like, that's awesome because that does help when you have jackets and all that. But if you don't practice, that's a completely different draw, completely different gun, completely different ammo, you know, how it shoots. So people listening, make sure you uh, practice with whatever it is. And if you change anything, because if you're training one way and then you change something to go to appendix, like your instinct's going to go backwards rather than, you know, going in front. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole name of the game with anything that you want to be good at, or at least proficient is the training. Yeah, hundred percent. So did you take any classes after that, after the concealed carry class? <sighs> so the classes are number one on my priority for the coming year is I want to take, I don't know if I need to take two classes, but I definitely want to take one class just because I don't necessarily know that I need direction, but I need, you know, encouragement and pointing out of what I'm doing wrong versus what I'm doing right. Like I know how to pull a gun out of a holster. It may not be 100% correct. I know how to put the dot on the target. It may not be 100% correct, but I need the little tips here and there and hey, change the way to tilt to your shoulder, your foot placement, that stuff. You're so humble, Tyler. Like I already knew that. You're just like so coachable. <laughs> You're like, I don't know when you're right, but I'm open to this. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, like these are people who shoot every day. I don't shoot every day. And yeah. uh, I put a monthly, a monthly expense for shooting, but I almost never meet my monthly expense to get out to the range and use it and everything. Tyler. Okay. So if you do, um, 
Avery's a really good trainer at Talon Range. Um, actually, Michael Barineau, and he does not think he is. He's a, have you met Michael? They're like range director and whatever, dude. Short. Dude. I'll tell you the amount of communication that of, that I have with people at Talon is so limited. It's check me in. Can I borrow your timer without paying for it? <laughs> and that's it. Okay. Well, next time, Michael's my buddy. He'll send me a text. Um, you know, he's really good. He practices like every single day at the range. He was military, but he's one of those people that took it seriously. So every single day he's posting videos, he's working on his draws, he's working on retreating while shooting, like getting out, out of the holster and past the clothing. So yeah, I think working with someone um, like that will be helpful for sure. Yeah. No. And uh, I have some family members who are I'll just say wealthy. And so they have access to some ridiculous opportunities. And so they had trained with like the Blackwater group, uh, which is a overseas, you know, US funded military group. And it's like, they have defensive driving, they have home invasions, they've got all this cool stuff that they don't even care about. They just did it because it was a business partner of theirs, who was like, hey, we'll, we'll do this training for you. It's like, what? You have a brother that I can like marry? <laughs> oh, you don't want my brothers. They're horrible. They're horrible. That's not true. My oldest brother's yeah. <laughs> brother fine, but the rest questionable at best. That's horrible. That's awesome. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, trains, trains on your list. That's good. Um, okay. So you don't remember your first competition itch, whichever it was, but you've now shot steel challenge, USBSA three gun. Have you done IDPA? I haven't done IDPA, but, um, the one that's actually been my favorite is two gun. And there's this little club and I'll call it little, I'm not sure what's a little club versus a big club. Um, but it's, they're called Axe two gun. It's American Confederation of tactical shooters. And so these guys are based, I think it's called Bellevue, Michigan. And they set up five stages every month, regardless of what the weather is. Uh, and they're out there shooting two gun and they have a rimfire division, they have a service division, an enhanced and an open division. So uh, service is your iron sights on both uh, your sidearm and your rifle. Enhanced is you're allowed to have one optic. Um, if it's on the rifle, yeah. And then open is you have both optics, yeah. Yeah, cool, what'd you shoot? So I shot rimfire because I've been super cheap in pandemic, right? Perfect, and training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, but I was, Really, there were two people out at every match who shot rimfire. It was me and one other guy. Um, Did you win? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, you got to win. I said yeah. you can't come in last. Yep. Um, but the first time I went out there, it was similar to when we shot over in, I think it was Defuniac Springs yeah, uh, in the Panhandle. Yeah. Where they had these ridiculous obstacles set up. Um, and like really the whole time I'm there, I'm just trying not to shoot myself because so many of these positions are, you're going back up the range or you're picking up an object or just something that gives you the potential to flag yourself or somebody else. And yeah. so safety being the biggest thing, it's just trying not to overrun your eyes. Yeah. Did you, you didn't hear about any of the DQs at that match, did you? Um, the one that we shot? Yeah. No, I didn't know anybody got DQ'd. Oh, my, my, my my best friend here. No, my, my, my Scott, <laughs> he went to get the Skedco dummy and yeah, sure enough, his holster didn't have the hood pistol came out. And not only that is he ran over the pistol with the Skedco. So he had sand and dirt and clay. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm telling Dang. you, it's not a matter of if it's when, so 
Yeah. So that was on the stage where they had like the Jeep with the dummy and you had to pull the dummy around it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, it just went straight over the gun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of obstacles. Those are fun and not fun at the same time. Yeah. The more that I listen to other, uh, I'll say professional shooters, the more I listen to them, it sounds like they don't like the obstacles. They like to just shoot. Both, but at the same time, if they're not doable for me, I guess, then it's not really that fun. And then I fall. So like last time we had that, <laughs> I have like two five gallon water jugs. I'm trying to carry those with a gun, you know, strapped and everything. And then of course I fall down like I normally do. <laughs> yeah no it's it's a challenge for sure i mean running around with a gun is no joke credit to people who can do it well like you go to the tactical games i mean that's what they really tactical games or there's like run and gun series too have you heard about those no that's like if you like to run which you probably do i feel like you do uh i don't like to run but i like to run at gun competitions because it's an advantage <laughs> <laughs> it really is like okay guys he's like 90 pounds and like six foot something but uh <laughs> yeah you would do really well yeah, no, there are for sure stages where I'm like, yes, the old guy is going to have a heart attack. I'm good. I love it. I love it, man. Okay. So going back to, um, to concealed carry, I have two more questions on that. Um, for carrying concealed, what was like the biggest challenge for you? Like overall out of all of it? Um, so I hadn't shot my carry gun a lot. So putting in, putting in the work of getting used to a carry gun versus a, a full size pistol was a lot. And then just actually concealing versus printing on everything yeah. is a big challenge yeah i feel like that especially in florida it's so hot so hard yeah no and every now and then you know my wife would be like what what is that i'm like yes you didn't know it was there yeah <laughs> when so do you actually look around at people's like waistbands or whatever and try and spot other people's firearms like do you do that oh every chance every chance no everybody's always checking out everything you yeah. always got to have your eyes open. Yeah, same thing. I'm like, who's my friend? Who's my enemy? And do they look competent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I've been leaving that part out. There you go. <laughs> look competent. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so yeah, the, the competition was fun. How did you actually find out about competitive shooting? Like, did you go with a friend? Did someone get you into it? Or did you just sign up for a match and go by yourself? So I would have never known what practice score was. Um, or even that some of these competitions existed without Brian Keller. Um, cause he had dragged me out to the first one, whether it was the three gun or the endless summer blast in Alabama. That is the best match in the entire world. And uh, you didn't get, did you get in this year? So I didn't do it this year cause I was in Michigan. Um, no, cause I think October. it's like in October. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss it. I've gone every single endless summer blast. So I'm shooting. If there's ever a spot open, you sign up, you need to go. We're going to be there. I don't want any excuses. We'll figure it out. Well, so then I shot that one with you. That was probably the first one that I was at the same place, even though okay. we're in different squads. Yeah, I think different squad. That is a fun, fun, fun match. So yeah. yeah, no. So that was the first one that I think I ever went to. If it was in October, I can confirm that. Yep. Um, because same guy, Brian, was like, hey, they give out prizes to everybody. It doesn't matter how you finish. Yep. And I ended up winning, I don't know, I think 308 bullets. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with these? put them on tax swap. They're gone within a day. I got my, you know, I'll, my entry feedback and I gave my buddy who drove some money for gas. It was That's like awful. this solid. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you pick off uh, a prize table or random draw. I swear to God, another man's trash is another man's treasure or whatever. One man. Yeah. So that's what's cool about the community and tax swap. Are they still around that website? Oh, I, so I use tax swap a lot. Um, okay. 
that's pretty much where I go. And people, I don't know, it seems like everybody wants new prices for everything. Um, but every now and then you'll find somebody who's actually looking at used prices for used gear. And that's where I try out new stuff or get people's opinion on why they're selling it, all that kind of stuff. I love it. That's actually a really good, uh, good thing that we talked about that I brought that up. So like for new shooters wanting to get into, you don't have to have the fanciest gear, the newest gear, the best gear. Shoot, I, my Dano defense rifle was used gun. Um, the 2011 that I have was a used gun. Like I'm trying to think of all the guns that they're used. They're worth, they're, they're great. Right. So like, you don't have to go out and spend full, full price. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <clears throat> I do like the idea of buying something basic and testing it and breaking it and seeing what you like and don't like about it. But when it comes to guns, I mean, you can get a used gun that's going to do the job you need it to do. Yeah. You, you mean you want to hand your gun to me for testing? I mean, it's not even broken in yet, but you could, you could do it. <laughs> Have you seen how many guns I break? Oh yeah. It seems like every week you're like another one, another yeah. one. <laughs> I was telling somebody yesterday, I was like, listen, do you want to actually see if your gun works? Just send me one. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to be calling out manufacturers or whatever here, but I'll keep the names out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh man. Okay. So <laughs> for competition too, um, We'll, we'll talk about endless summer blast then. So one gun, right? Pistol. How did it go? Like how, okay. Actually, oh my I goodness. Expectations. I want to know what you thought going into it before you shot it, how it went, and then what you felt or thought about it afterwards. All right. So expectation going into it, literally no clue because I've never Googled what, what a USPSA match is. I've never seen one. Um, I... I don't know. I had zero expectation. My mind was blown. Um, we got to, we got to the first stage and there was, I don't, it's not a swinger, but you have to shoot a target to initiate it. And then it goes up and it unveils another target. It's like the clamshell or something. The clamshell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, what do you expect me to shoot that? And there was maybe a five inch opening with, with a brown paper target behind it. And the <laughs> first guy on our squad blazes through this thing. I was like, okay, I just point and shoot at it. Done deal. I don't know if I hit, I don't remember if I hit that one or not, but holy smokes, my mind was blown about what the opportunities and scenarios you could create with a USPSA match. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Drew Coleman for you too, for this year. He's been part of that for a long time in Dan's range and yeah Dan and him come up with some crazy stage plans um but that's where you learn a lot so like you think about Tallahassee and, and I'm not hitting on them because I haven't been there in a while but I don't think we had as many um swingers I had never seen a clamshell before like Dothan has all those props and you see those at, well you wouldn't know this but you do go see those at major matches where we have swingers and poppers that activate them and drop turners which I don't know if you've seen those yeah those are fun and like yeah, so the match that I shoot in Michigan, they've got all the props and they've got some people who are part of the club who can manufacture the props and everything. So it's pretty neat, all the stuff they've got as well. Yeah, dude, that's what you need. You need a club with all, all of the things because you need to prepare for that. Yeah, yeah. But so, so my expectation is non-existent because I have no idea what I've gotten into. I remember being told that the map, like the round count was I think 225 rounds, but to bring at least a hundred extra. And I think I bummed a hundred off of somebody else when I was there. Aww. So I, I doubled the round count at least. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But 
I shot it. I didn't get DQ'd. I had a blast. I still have some of those videos on my phone with some of my buddies. Like we had a phenomenal time. So afterwards, then I'm thinking, holy shit, this is what everything is like. And I've got to do one of these. I don't know. I set a, a silly expectation of probably one a year. And now that I'm into it, I think probably closer to five or six a year. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. The endless summer blast people, I'm telling you, yeah, buy it. If you're still in Tallahassee, hopefully 2022, sign up early and get on the squad. Yeah. No. And um, you met my friend Cliff, but he's probably the person who I talked to the most about shooting outside of you. Yeah. Um, and I'll have him come up to Tallahassee and we'll go do it because it'll be a blast. Where did he move to? So he left. He, we grew up in the same neighborhood in South Florida and he, he bought a house in the same neighborhood as our parents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah but he and his dad are like best friends I mean they work on their trucks together they have a family business all that stuff cute okay yeah so so you roll up into Phoenix Springs um we hadn't met I knew Brian from the shooting team because we're, we're there together but yeah and then I see a student in Tacoma and I was like Tacoma taco people best friends so. yeah yep they conned me into driving that morning maybe I was the only one who was awake that's true it was really early um and you guys had to leave early earlier no, you gained an hour. Hello. Yeah, we gained an hour. Um, and I don't know if I looked at the weather, but it was cold that morning over there. And I had on shorts and a t-shirt and I was like, okay, this is fun. And the ground was a little wet, um, but it ended up drying up. Yeah. So pull up in the Tacoma. And then I don't know if Brian said something about, oh, that's Kenzie, but you had the Thad Castle thing on there. I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. <laughs> Who is this person? <laughs> well, and that was probably around the time that I had actually watched Blue Mountain State, which made it that much better. Good. Yeah. Like people that look out, they're like, is that Tom Brady? It's like, mm -mm, not even close. It says that, but <laughs> yeah, if you don't know the show, it just makes it better. So yeah, the, uh, trying to think what else. Yeah. The, the morning of the match is always interesting in that time. I think it was January, February, February, something cold. Yeah. Uh, but I remember us, uh, we had that group picture. We're all in sweaters and beanies and like cold, cold gear. And by the end of it, we're stripped Sweating. down to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, there was one stage there talking about running that was like, you jump up on railroad ties, grab a shotgun, shoot. And then after you ditch the shotgun was just basically sprinting yep. until you get to another set of railroad ties and your heart is like jumping out of your chest and you're like bouncing around trying to shoot stuff. Yeah. A lot of fun yeah then we had the offhand rifle or not offhand we actually had weak side rifle yeah yeah oh man so what did you what did you learn about yourself maybe uh shooting these matches oh man probably nothing about myself other than I like to shoot <laughs> <clears throat> yeah no um I'm I don't know it doesn't get me scared of anything it's just like dang that's a challenge like there are people out there who really push the limits of shooting guns um and seeing what they're capable of doing that the, one, the coolest thing I thought about that match was they had, I don't know if you call it a flipper, but it's a, a target that rotates and you have to get it to turn end over end. Oh yeah, a, a spinner. A spinner, there you go. Um, but I was, I was the only one in the group of guys who I went with who got it to turn over. Yeah. And I was pretty happy about that because I didn't even own a rifle and I was shooting somebody else's. <laughs> so that person that let you borrow their gun, they probably won't let you borrow the gun again. <laughs> Uh, no, Brian would. I'm kidding. Most people are like, well, you can't out shoot me with my own gun. I got to take it back. 
It's okay. There were four paper targets on the side of the hay bale that I was posted up on, and I left all those unshot. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. So yeah, the um, okay. Out of all the competitions now that you shot a bunch, like, is there one that you really like, or one style, or some type of stages that you really enjoy? Um, so I'm not shitting on Steel Challenge or anything, yeah. but it's just there's no movement. Yeah. And if you give like a 12 year old a 22 and let him go to go to town every day after school, the kid's going to be fast. Yeah. Um, so Steel Challenge, like is, it has its place and it teaches you to draw and put your gun on target quickly. But after that, that's pretty much what it is. Um, I, I'd have to say my favorite is one that has movement and different props because I'm not a skilled shooter I, I'm like an athlete so moving <laughs> shit around I'm good at not fair so okay tell people tell me what you do or what you did in college yeah I mean so I played volleyball uh, for Florida State and I coached the women's volleyball team at Florida State um, right now I'm coaching at Leon High School I've been there for 2017 I think this is my fifth year um, we're a dominant volleyball team in the state of Florida probably dominant in the country, but we travel all over the place and, and kick girls' butts. <laughs> That's awesome. I used to coach softball, but at Lincoln. Oh, stinking Lincoln. I know. I was thinking like we're rivals. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I mean, the sports in Tallahassee, I don't know what football's like, but the other sports in Tallahassee are surprisingly competitive for what I would call a small town. I agree. I mean, even McCullough, they had a great stadium out there and stuff, and their team was, was really good and fun to watch. So, yeah. 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 Okay. So being on the coaching side of things, how hard was it to be on like the having to be coach side of things? Uh, so I would say my friends more laughed at me than coached me. Um, and, and I don't know if that's because they have never coached somebody at shooting or if they were just enjoying the site and were happy to let it happen. Um, but from the coaching side, I certainly try and understand like what's being described to me more than just trying to get a result because the result is not always reflective of the process. And I know a lot of people like to say, trust the process, but you can get a result without a process. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Actually good feedback. Hmm. You're making me think about some of that. Um, <laughs> so who else have you dra uh, dragged out to competitions now? So there's a couple guys that I work with um, and there's a couple people that I play volleyball with who I've tried. I've only gotten one person to go, uh, whether it's scheduling conflicts or being afraid of being bad at something, uh, just whatever the circumstances is. I've only gotten one person to go and it's actually, he went without me. So he went and did it on his own and learned. And I'm sad that I wasn't there to see his first impressions yeah. because this guy he loves to shoot and we do all kinds of silly stuff at the range, but I would have liked to see what his eyes lit up like seeing a USPSA match. That is the best experience. Yeah. Okay. So we have a lot of people, I think you're, you can see that already that talk about like to you probably like, Hey, Ty, I want to go shoot or, Hey, I really want to learn this. Right. And so many people don't take us up on that. That's a bummer. That's on them. But say like that effort. So if we're telling 10 people about or 10 people are coming to us and we get one, like that's a game changer for the, the second amendment community. It really is that one impact. Right. So like having Brian and I bring out like five different people, like at this match, I mean, that's a big deal. It spirals. Yeah, right. no, I mean, it's, it's like any kind of marketing scheme uh, and not calling the second amendment marketing scheme. Just, <laughs> just like when, when you expand your network and your network expands itself, 
you know, through, through uh, what's the word I'm looking here for organic growth, yeah. it, it does expand exponentially. And there is a lot of value in that <clears throat> because it's certainly a freedom that I enjoy and something that is a great hobby for me to go to the range and whether it's early on a Saturday morning or, or just being outside, like it combines the things that I like to do. Oh, hundred percent. You said it beautifully. It's my, it's my mental health check for sure. So yeah, Absolutely. If, if you're listening, I think I like your idea of shooting competition once a year. You know, if you're a newer shooter, you know, you're past that. I'm past that for sure. Um, but having a goal of bring a new shooter once a year, just one, right? Just one. But that impact can go a long way. Was that in Michigan? No, that was here in Tallahassee. Cool. Okay. Um, and that's a good community, actually. That's a really fun one to start out and you've got to get back out there. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to be there on October 2nd, I think on Saturday morning. That's awesome. Can't wait for that. Um, okay. For you going back to, to new shooter, Tyler, whatever, maybe you, you were actually open arms to it, but was there a challenge for like Brian to get you to go and shoot a match or go with him? No. Yeah. No, no. The one thing is I didn't have a rifle and I was like, look, I got to borrow yours. And he was like, okay, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was thrilled. I mean, it was so cool. Just, I thought shooting paper on a stick was fun. Come on. Add a spinner and then add a plate rack and then add, oh, you haven't done a moving mover. Have you? Okay. Okay. Or been in a vehicle. Have you been in a vehicle shooting yet? Uh, so Michigan did a golf cart. Uh, same cool. thing. That's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So then maybe not you then, but what do you think is the biggest challenge or are you probably already seen it for us to get people into the shooting sports? So I find that anything with an entry fee is always a natural, I don't know. Um, yeah, absolutely. And not that shooting necessarily has big entry fees, but when you include the gear, then you start to rack up the entry barrier. Um, so let's say if, and I don't know, maybe Glock matches, I think they're pretty inexpensive, 20 bucks, something like that. Yep. Um, they went up, they went up in price, they're 35. Yeah. Well, just if, if you had a first time shooter or if practice score had a way of saying this person has not shot a match before, uh, that would be pretty neat to say, Hey, we're going to waive your entry fee. Obviously if it's a big match, maybe don't waive their entry fee, but I like it. I, I know that Glock, when I see, um, they have a sheet that says like first time shooters and who brought them or whatever, it's, it's less than 10 people on that list. Um, I know local clubs do a really, really, really good job. I think Talon even does it. And some others of junior shoot for free or new shooters shoot for free and all of that. But even major matches, like you're saying, how could we do a better job with maybe either waiving it or discounting it or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, so on the same page, um, like the first time I shot steel challenge, I wasn't new to shooting, but I was absolutely new to steel challenge. And I just, I had read the rule book, but a rule book only does so much in terms of putting an application to your eyes and everything. And I still didn't watch YouTube videos or anything like that. And when I got to the range, I said, Hey, just so you guys know, one, I've never been to this range before Two, I've never shot steel challenge before. Um, and I don't know anybody else here. So if you want to change my squad up and put me with somebody who knows what's going on, that'd be awesome. And they actually hooked me up with this older guy who I think he won the match that day. Um, but he had invited me out to his house a couple of times and we shot in his yard. And I mean, he had all kinds of cool stuff. So not only did they get me introduced to somebody who was familiar with the operation and the range, they got me involved with somebody who was, you know, promoting the community, which That's was pretty neat. Who was that? Uh, his name is Terry something. I can find it. Give me one That's second. Really neat. Good job, Terry, um, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah. And he, 
Oh, come on. His name is... Ha, shooting guy is his last name. <laughs> so no clue what his actual name is. Um, but the range is Oak Hill uh, Range in Oak Hill, Michigan. And the guy who runs that range, his name is Alex Bakken. He runs USPSA and Steel Challenge over there. Um, nice guy. And actually, I think your friend Michael Shinneberry shoots there. Yeah, um, he's such a nice person. Okay, that's so weird that we're all interconnected. It's not weird. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Because I've squatted with Michael a couple times in at that range. Such a small world, dude. Such a small world. That's yeah. really cool. Florida, Michigan, back to Florida. Random people who know each other. Oh, yeah. Someone, Richard, do you know Richard Blackman? Probably not. Tallahassee? No. Oh, yeah. He called me the other day and he's like, I went to Jacksonville to work something else, like not shooting related. And then I met someone who was into shooting and I asked him if he knew you. And of course he knew me. I was like, yeah, it's my area director. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's small crazy. World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go, let's go a bit more into the gear a little bit, because I know you've learned a lot about gear from a lot of people. You borrowed gear, you've asked me about gear. Um, so how important is it to be able to trust that your gear will work? Oh man, I mean, that's the single most important thing. It's so frustrating, and I'm sure you've experienced this many times when you get to the range and something's wrong, um, and you don't find out about it until it's too late because it, it's broken or it breaks while you're using it. Yeah. Um, like I had a two gun match that I shot sidearm only because my rifle wasn't working. And I mean, it was fine. It wasn't ideal. It's not like I was keeping up with anybody, yeah. but it, it was more fun to shoot with one gun than no guns. So I kept that. I finished the day shooting. That's a good attitude to have. But I mean, it, I would much rather play 50% than not play at all. Ooh, boom. Coach Tyler. <laughs> love this <laughs> drop in knowledge okay so but yeah um, i mean in terms of in terms of gear breaking on me um it's important to have good gear and maybe i subscribe too much to to lucas over at t-rex but i'm a big fan of buying quality stuff and only buying it once instead of you know replacing it if you buy crappy stuff uh, you haven't met then, him have you not yet <laughs> he shoots competitions um i know he shot memorial three guy he shot fort benning um and he's he's in tennessee somewhere around here he's got a range but yeah that's yeah cool. no uh, he he actually is surprisingly one of the people who messages you back yep. um yep. like just just the post that you reposted I, i'm sure you got it from dave ramsey not from me um but i had sent it to him and i was like have do you know dave ramsey and he's like yeah i, I went and trained his team pretty cool yep. guy he posted that video of them at the range which is really neat yeah so and, and Lucas does a good job of innovation, like their company. He listens to his employees and that's how the new like dowel, have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. The, the new sidecar. New sidecar with the dowel in it. Yeah. It came to be. And I think that was super innovative. It's crazy how, I guess in a world where everything's already done to me, I feel like, okay, everything's been created or everything's been innovated to its final. And then someone comes out with something new. I was like, oh, brilliant. Why didn't we think of that before? Yeah, no, it is pretty neat. Um, but luckily, uh, I think, you know, plates coming off of slides, um, crappy dots, you know, first time I bought a red dot, somebody was like, oh yeah, you need to buy one that's $500. And I was like, my gun's not $500, so no thanks. Um, so bad plates, bad dots, um, not necessarily cheap ammo because for the most part, the guns that I shoot work with anything you put in them. Um, but bad holsters, you know, bad belts, the wrong style of a belt, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did you vet out like information on what to try or what to buy? 
I'm pretty bad about research. I mostly trust people who I think are in the community and I ask for their input and I put a lot of weight in that. And then I find out if there is weight in it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, for instance, uh, there was a, I was looking for a holster um, for Kydex and I asked you and you said, this is the guy who, who makes my stuff. Uh, And I really, I think his process and his products are solid and I messaged him and that's how I got one of my holsters. And done. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people out there definitely putting out information. And and like you said, when you follow, I I think it's powerful again, going back to T-Rex and stuff. I think it's powerful when you see companies actually showing videos and testing and, and running their gear in matches and stuff, you know what I mean? Nothing is going to, going to show you that it does or doesn't work. I don't know how to say it's right, but at at a match, everything comes out in a match. Yeah, well, anybody can make a product video where they're in a perfect environment. You know, there's no pressure, there's no sirens, no dogs barking, all the fun stuff. Uh, But you go to a match, once that timer beeps, (laughs) it's real. It's real, it's real. And like, I have not shot in very many good conditions. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing too. That's the thing too. Well, like I wear cleats no matter what. Yeah, Yeah, I've had to buy cleats and I'm not very happy with it, but I've had to. So the, um, the other thing, I guess, do you ever look at people like credentials or backgrounds, you know, with the people Mm. that you do ask and I'm not just talking about me, like other people. No, not really. Um, because credentials and background, you could have all the credentials in the world and background, but if you're not out there doing it on a regular basis, um, or maybe if you haven't tested a product to the severity that it needs to be tested, it's kind of irrelevant. Like in the insurance industry, you know, I'll use my professional background. We have industry designations, which are continuing education. Great. But have you seen how that scenario plays out in the real world? So can you say that louder for the people in the back? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you want to know how it plays out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, gosh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Asking people for advice, but also knowing to like take it with a grain of salt, unless you know that they are doing xyz or have they tested and ask them the question ask them questions i mean like you can ask them hey have you run this and this or have you have you used it for a year two years how often do you use it like there's a lot that go into that testing i guess and the people that that promote the gear or sell the gear whatever that you really have to do a little bit more work yeah yeah no my favorite comparison for gear or or really anything when you're asking for somebody's input is you always have to ask them why they like it And for instance, I ask people about restaurants all the time because I always want good food. And they'll say, oh, Joe's pizza is awesome. So I'm thinking I'm getting really good pizza, right? What if they're like, no, I go there for the pasta, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, tell me why you at least like something. Do you want to be a dad one day? I mean, it's it's high on the list. Yeah, you are going to be a great dad. That was such a dad thing to say. Oh man, I can give you some good food places, by the way, at all times. Um, <laughs> asking why for sure is, is helpful. So that's pretty cool. Um, you've already actually mentioned one, but were you surprised when you asked people or reach out to people online when they actually responded to you? Uh, I'm pretty bad about just using the social media or online as a resource. Um, sure. But yeah, I'm always shocked when people respond because if you look at the number of followers, you're like, okay, they probably have a thousand questions coming in a day on a slow day. And so, yeah, when people respond, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The worst that you could do is ask somebody and the worst that they could do is not respond. 
but I bet you 90% of us is going to take the time to respond. So. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan when I get a response or when I see something that I asked, you know, retweeted or whatever the, yeah. the platform is. Yeah. You're on Twitter. I'm not. So okay, you're such a boomer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably more accurate from my lifestyle. Boomer. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So let's go back to practice bar. Um, cause that's a huge thing. The huge, I don't know why that is, but a huge barrier to entry and a challenge is finding events, right? So there's like, so many different ways that you can find it. You're Googling it and you're getting really lucky. You know about practice score. And if you do not know about practice score, you're really relying on your range to tell you someone to tell you for you to just come across it. So goodness, I know, I don't know if you know this or not about how I found FSU shooting teams. Did I tell you this before? And I don't know how Brian found it, but um, it was actually only a semester left of grad school. So I was close to your age where you had already graduated. And I Googled FSU firearms and I found this club and I was like, I didn't think FSU would be associated with firearms at all, right? Not many colleges do that. Um, so then I reached out and there was, a, there was a female president at the time and she was like, yeah, come out to the range. And I didn't have a single gun. She handed me all of hers. We shot rifle, we shot pistol, 22s, all of it. And she's like, you need to try for the team. I was like, oh, okay. And then that's where it all spiraled. So I bought a Browning Buckmark, got a Glock 17. And then, yeah, you know, the history. But that was really cool. So without that Google search for me, I wouldn't be here. Um, so what are some other places or what are, what are some things that you've seen where you, people can go find this information? Well, I got to say practice score is probably the biggest one because so when I moved to Michigan, I ran into this exact thing, right? Like I didn't know anybody who either was shooting in Michigan. Uh, I didn't know of any ranges or anything like that. And I, I don't know how I stumbled across somebody that I was working with. Like I wasn't working directly with them, but they worked for the same company and I had messaged them on our internal message board. And I was like, Hey, are there any ranges or anything that you'd recommend? Uh, because Google really does not support um, shooting. Correct. And so the guy who I had messaged with, he was like, oh yeah, man, I've shot every competition there is in the state of Michigan. Uh, he's like, there's a, a couple places near you, but if you want to shoot good stuff, like you're going to drive an hour pretty much any direction and you'll be in a good place, which an hour is not a bad drive. Nothing, people, nothing. Can you say that yeah. louder too for somebody else? Yeah, an hour is great. Yeah. Um, you know, that's an easy commute home or out in the morning, even if it's early. And then and, you can listen you know, to this podcast on the way. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a big thing. Although I will say in the state of Michigan, first, first competition I went to, there was a herd of deer right in front of me that almost ended my day. Yeah, I mean, they were like six inches from my windshield. Dude, what? Yeah, so got to be paying attention in the morning out there. Um, but no, practice score is definitely the best place to look. And I think that when I don't see stuff on practice score, I assume it doesn't exist. And then some, some clubs don't upload stuff nearly as far in advance. And so yeah. you just got to recheck. Um, yeah, I think Tallahassee was doing that. They're pretty bad. They're like three days before. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had actually messaged you about it. And I was like, I, I swear know. talent. You had messaged talent that I managed <laughs> and you knew that. And I'm like, Tyler, why are you not contacting me directly? But here we go. Yeah, no, because, um, the match that I was shooting or the two matches that I shot in Michigan, as soon as the monthly match would conclude the next day, they would post the next month's match. Mine and that. so it's super easy to be on top of it. It's just as soon as the results are up, the next match is up. Yeah. Um, and so Talon's calendar was saying that they had matches and then there were no matches on practice course. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. 
but um, no practice score, or if you know somebody who shoots, they'll know the ins and outs of whatever community you're a part of. And that's the best way to do it. Yeah. There's um matchsignup.org, which if any match director out there uses that platform, don't <laughs> like we hate it as shooters. It's a horrible platform, but yeah, practice score is awesome. Um, I want to say there's some other groups on Facebook though. Like, um, so like the, the places that I found in Michigan do all have groups. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a Google search will sometimes pull stuff up and give you direction of where to look. Yeah. Um, but I think if you know somebody in the area who does what you want to do or are interested in, that's the best way to do it. Probably call a range and ask around. Yep. Yep. There's ways to find it. So if you're using this excuse as I can't find one, oh, we'll find one for you shoot message yeah. me here and I bet you know I know 20 people across the country that can tell you where to go <laughs> yeah yeah no they're not that hard to find once you figure out how to look for them yeah absolutely um okay so they go to the competition what should people now expect so you didn't have any expectations <laughs> what expectations should someone have going to their first match um bring snacks <laughs> um if you are a coffee drinker bring extra coffee definitely bring water uh, it's usually a long day. I would say don't expect to start on time or to get out on time. And I'm not blasting people. This is just realistic. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, be prepared to put a day towards whatever it's, whatever it is. If it's a one day match, if it's a multi-day match, I don't know this, the situation there. Okay. I've never done it. Yeah. Come uh, on, tell your, tell your spouse goodbye. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no. Okay. For you, baby, this could be a tip for me to you. Um, and this is huge. When you start dedicating those five weekends out of the whole entire year, right? And you go to the range and you have your cell phone on cell phone service and you're taking calls and you're looking at texts. What are you doing? You're not taking yourself. So, yeah. You, you cut out. I didn't hear what you oh, said. Oh, <laughs> the biggest thing for people is like disconnecting from your phone. So if you only get a shoot once or twice a year, put this on silent or don't even bring it, you know, to the match itself. I think that's oh, yeah, no, not a problem. I actually almost never take my phone out of my bag. It stays in my bag. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of an Apple watch, but my Apple watch is broken. It got shattered not too long ago. Um, so I'll see stuff like every now and then, but I'm not responding to it unless it's an emergency. And yeah. if it's an emergency, I'm getting calls back to back. So it's pretty easy to tell. Now yeah. I'm a big fan of like, throw that thing in the bag, leave it in the car, whatever. You gotta get video though. You put on airplane mode. Uh, so I actually don't have videos of myself. I know. It's like horrible. I'm like, dude, you don't have any videos. I have videos of my friends. I think, okay. Fun. But how much have you looked at your old video from 2019 or whatever it was and then realize where you're at now? Could you I mean, it's, it's comical. It's comical, but like you could see your growth. Oh, absolutely. Just some, just on a, on a draw on what I'm actually looking at, or am I focused on my first target when the stage is going off versus am I looking at my hip? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people make those mistakes. So simple stuff. Um, oh, and for, for match stuff, going back to expectations before I go there, don't expect that it's going to go well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I said, let's go with, let's not get DQ'd and let's not come in last. Um, Caitlin's objective. Yeah, she did that too. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm happy with both of those as my goals moving forward forever. Um, I made, I made some spreadsheets with steel challenge because it's so easy to track your performance. Um, and that's, you know, at least for the most part, that's draw 
put it on target and, and shoot the gun a couple times. And you can easily track your improvements there and all that. Um, but with USPSA, I guess there are, what do you call the stages where they're the same across everywhere? Classifiers, yeah. Classifiers, yeah. So you can track your progress on classifiers. Um, but when the matches are just different every single time, you kind of see people you're competing with or, or people who shoot the same equipment, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, great. Tyler, take videos. Eh, I'm okay. I don't need anybody to see. Then, then people are going to want to see it and it's embarrassing. And it's not embarrassing. I still have embarrassing. When you fall with a gun and you recover well and it's not on video, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I do fall a lot um, because I try and run fast. It's pointless. I want video. Take video. Ask people to take video. Put your phone on airplane mode. Okay. We'll do it Aww. next time. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that, that I see competitors do when they're new, well, actually a lot of them. All right. So if you've got an unloaded starter or something where the gun's on the table and they're looking at the targets, right. And the thing goes beep, where do your eyes have to go? They already have to go back down to the table to find the gun. So just start there. Cause this to this is actually another like second, right. For you trying to find that. Um, same with the thing with like sometimes figuring out where your first target is. So if you're you're one of those people that like stages themselves and looks down and you know you're gonna have to look up and draw, why not just look to where that first target's gonna be? You know, simple stuff. I say yeah. So. <clears throat> um, so yeah, but expectations wise, I guess just like set your expectations low. Just be safe. Uh, think about what you're doing. And, and have a good time because the first time is not the time to win or even try to win. The first time is figure out what's going on, what the rules are, kind of how the, how the scene works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if you push yourself too far, that's when accidents happen. So I think be safe is a really good thing to start with. Well, and, you know, being safe, if you get disqualified the first time, or <laughs> let's use your driver's test, you know, if you don't get your driver's license, the first time you go to take your test, you're probably not going to be super excited about the next time you have to go to the DMV or whatever. Yeah. So put yourself in a good place to enjoy it the next time too. I think you need to write a uh, Tyler Dad-isms book. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just about enjoying life and having a good time. And if you're, if you're too hard on yourself, you're not going to do it. Yeah. No, I like your, your um, examples. What I'm trying to say. Well, like, about... whatever, like this, and this is how this is like, it clicks. <laughs> yeah good teacher um yeah. okay so the biggest surprise to you um like what was the biggest thing that you were maybe unprepared for for the first match or biggest surprise that you didn't expect um I would say the biggest surprise is how fast people can shoot a gun yeah. like easily that well and and the level of equipment and the cost that some people spend but definitely just the, the speed that people can shoot with accuracy. And maybe it wasn't accuracy. Maybe they were just flying lead, but um, it looked accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, if you are a new shooter, go look at your targets. That's something I see is like they finish up the stage. They just don't know. Go walk around, look at your targets. If your RO is scoring your targets, like, ROs are human. So if they make a bad call, you'd be like, hey, can you look at that one more time? Or can you overlay that? That's for like, mostly USPSA stuff. But then you know if you're shooting left, high, low, hitting no shoots, like what are you doing? Um, yeah, snacks yeah. and sunscreen water is something people always forget. So I'm not big on sunscreen, but water, water and snacks must have. You play volleyball outside. Yeah, I wear long sleeves a lot. I do too. Okay, that's fair. Um, and a hat and glasses. Like I, there's not a lot of skin showing other than right here. Dad life. Um, 
dad. What was your favorite part uh, just about shooting competitions? That's going to sound lame, but it's the people that I'm hanging out with. Yeah. 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 It's always a good time. I mean, it's a good group. You get people who have whatever trouble going on at home or their kids are being crazy. It's just a good time to, to let go of whatever else is going on and be with your friends. Absolutely. When you should get again soon, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We got to. Um, so l- let's talk about that, I guess, like range, um, etiquette. So for you, um, can you explain some things that you've seen at the range or some things that people <laughs> should <be> better? <laughs> oh boy. So I'll just, I'll just give you one scary example that really made me never want to go back to the Apalachicola shooting forest okay. or shooting range. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've been there before. It's sketchy. The, the it, stop signs shot up before you even pull in. Yeah. Sketchy. Yeah. So it's like, I've made it a rule that if I'm going there, it's before the sun is up so that I can shoot and leave before anybody else shows up. So I'm there like midday on Saturday, worst possible time. It's a beautiful day. And there's this dad who has his son there with him. Awesome. Um, but he is dual wielding with his son standing in front of him and he's shooting over his son's head. What? And I was like, I, I have to leave. And I left. I couldn't be a part of it. But, but like, you're laughing, but it's not funny, right? He could have killed his son in front of 20 other people and he would have had to live with that. And just the lack of safety or, and there's nobody out there monitoring anything. So it's a little sketchy. No, I, okay. So if you shoot period across board, it's going to be expensive. Whatever your, your idea of expensive is, right? So for you, ammo is expensive. For me, I think some of the guns that I want are expensive because that's where I'm at the level, right? However, you really can't skimp on safety um, when it comes to eyes, ear protection. I, I see some really crappy stuff out there, which is probably my biggest frustration. You only get two eyes and two ears if you even have that. But yeah, the, uh, the level of people like, oh, I can't afford a $15 range fee. And I was like, okay, well, can you afford your $5,000 funeral and your kid growing up without a mom? Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with you. I'm a huge fan of sunglasses. I know you're you're a big fan of Hunter's Gold. Um, I have my own little sunglass sponsorship going on too. Um, so I wear, what's that? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not a real sponsorship. My dad's girlfriend owns a sunglass store, so they're free. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but no, ears are important because the when when you think your ears are good and you go to take them off or whatever, it's horrible. Never recommend being around guns without good ears. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good range, right? A good range. Talon, you know, they'll give you the actual headsets with good decibel ratings. I am not a fan of the foamies, the little tiny orange things that just go in. No. They're not put in. I, I wrote a whole blog about this. So I won't go too far in depth, but they you have to be squished. They need to go in the ear canal. They need to expand. You don't know. If, does your five-year-old or 10-year-old or whatever youngness, you know, that they are, they can't tell if it's fitted right. Like adults can kind of. Sometimes. Sometimes. And then like, you know, when a kid pulls it out and they're playing with it, yeah, it's just not ideal. So if you're going to shoot, invest in safety gear. Yeah. Big fan. Huge. Uh, Know the four rules of firearm safety. You know, (laughs) we, we go over them at every match and you're always like, what is going on over there? Why are we, why are we not saying these as a group? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It should be like the pledge of allegiance and then the four rules of firearm safety. Yeah. So just don't catch me on that pledge right now. It's been a few years since I've been in school. (laughs) Tyler, at the good matches that I go to, we always say that. That was really cool. Bring that back. Gives me chills. 
no no i'm a big fan too it just yeah. my memory is not always great you know no, yeah yeah no it, it we don't do it enough people don't do it anymore sports teams don't do it anymore yeah it's just kind of depressing to think about um okay so going out to the range as far as have you been to a firing line range by the way yes right. talk about that sort of like what to expect what should you do range etiquette there <laughs> Sure. So I don't know about etiquette as much as just like the level of rules that are in place, um, because it was one of the free ranges that I could go to in the state of Michigan. They have, I think what they're, they're called DNR ranges. I'm sure that stands for something. Um, not do not resuscitate. But anyways, <clears throat> um, so you you pull up, it's free. You just sign in and they have a couple range officers. Um, and basically it's like a line and they have a bunch of I guess bench rest set up and they've probably got 10 at 10 yards, maybe 20 at 25 yards, maybe another 10 at 50 yards and then another 20 at hundred yards. Um, so pretty nice, clean facility, sidewalks running all through it. Um, but you can only shoot when they tell you you're allowed to shoot. Um, you're not allowed to rapid fire at, I mean, that's what their rules say. Yeah. which means like one shot per three seconds which you can't got the whole match no <laughs> <laughs> you can't draw from a holster yep. um what other fun rules do we have going on here keep your brass i don't know why that's kind of rude but um so this one you could pick up your brass i mean you could pick up anybody's brass at this one i didn't see any like people <laughs> out there stealing stuff but um they weren't strict about that or anything um, but yeah, it was mostly just the fact that you couldn't go there with a plan other than shooting a piece of paper, uh, like bullseye style. Yeah. And like, you all have to go cold, go down range, set up your targets and takes. Yeah. Yeah. So one, you have to be willing to take time. The only thing that I ever did there was sight in yeah. a firearm because that was the only thing that you can realistically do. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So firing lines that I hate them. You're right. For all of the reasons. And that's similar to an indoor range maybe not necessarily rapid fire as much as i've seen but yeah like okay going comparing the two then indoor ranges at least have concrete between people outdoor ranges like that that i've seen benches like if you've got someone loading sideways yeah no no i've i've seen people get kicked out plenty of times and i've also left once or twice i'm like okay the range officer is not doing their job i'm out of here yeah they, they get paid ten dollars an hour they don't give a shit yeah yeah. It's unfortunate. So, um, yeah, that's hard. Okay. So now that you're talent, we'll go back to talent. You had to run a whole day for the day. Um, how should you leave a bay when you're done with it? I mean, some of them are not great when you show up, but I would say you should leave it how it was when you got there at the least. Um, you know, I leave stuff every now and then like mags. Um, so <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, hopefully people are picking that up and bring it to the office. That'd be cool. Um, but no, I mean, you want to pick up all your trash. If you move targets around, you want to put it back to how it was. You know, they have steel set up. So if you do move their steel, which you can't really move their steel. Yeah. Um, but if you put up your own steel, like you're taking your stuff with you. Um, if you're moving around their paper targets, you're putting stands back in place where they were. If you broke something like a stand, maybe at least let them know, hey, there's no, there's no two by fours left over there to fix whatever. Um, just clean up after yourself. Be a decent human. <laughs> Be a decent human. Yeah. Uh, have you seen their post today, Talons? No, I no. 
Yeah, it was just a, it's, it's bad um because they have cameras out there but someone dug through the trash and put trash out on the ground and shot trash on the ground like okay oh. so yeah first of all ricochets happen you shouldn't be shooting down like you should be shooting level into a burn preferably not sideways like the side burns are not for shooting <laughs> um but yeah like dude ugh, i can't even get into that like there was uh, someone that screwed like with an actual screw into a, a two by four when it says like tape only no staples no screws so like, what? <laughs> dang who i mean like kudos to the person who's bringing all their equipment out there so that they can do that but come on guys yeah i think someone was drilling in the wood uh to hang like a steel target which is not that's not an, a, a proper way to hang steel it's not a thing and like you shouldn't be shooting at a stick anyway so yeah there's a lot there um what Jeez. about like um I guess some important aspects like so what have you seen as far as like what a range does really well and then what have you seen that like ranges do kind of poorly yeah so I mean like Talon for example they do a good job of knowing who's on the site you know checking people in knowing they don't ask you exactly what you're shooting but they know what you brought out for the most part and they have an idea of what's going on they have cameras on every day um the one thing that I think Talon does really, really well is they don't let people shoot on the 400-yard bay unless you have passed an exam. I mean, it's a practical exam. You have to put, I think it's three shots, one MOA at 100 yards. So you say it nonchalant. I say it nonchalant, but that is very difficult for some people. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It took me several days to pass this freaking test. Did you have um, your scope off or just really shitty ammo? Uh, no, it was 4X, um, and it was four magnification on an AR with, you know, whatever big box ammo I could get, um, and it took a while to figure out exactly where a dot was at, at that distance. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah no. that's a huge, um, that's a huge thing that they do, and for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so, so for me, being in the insurance industry, um, thinking, uh, you know, that's the easiest way for them to minimize their risk of people shooting that kind of distance where there's a lot of variability in shot placement, right? So if you can't do it at 100 yards, you certainly can't do it at 400 yards. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Were you running a dot with, you said a four times magnifier, not a scope then? Yeah, yeah. You're such a Timmy. <laughs> hey, you got to use what you got. That's yeah, what I got. got. I won't make fun of you. I'll make fun of you because you're my friend, but I won't make fun of you for doing it. <laughs> gotta use what you got no it took me several days probably 200 rounds to put three in that one inch circle it's hard it's hard if you don't know your dopes if you don't know your ammo if you don't if you never chronoed your your gun either and like knowing your holds i've never run a magnifier on a dot before that's it's interesting okay yeah no it's some serious work you put yeah. an actual scope on there it's really not that bad yeah yeah it just depends on your ammo again though if you buy really crap ammo it's really hard to group because it's inconsistent yeah so. um but so, so you asked what are good things and what are bad things. Yeah. Um, so the bad things are having, um, I guess it's a good and a bad thing, but I'll say if there's no supervision there whatsoever is generally not great. Um, now I've been on the good side of that where I'm the only person on the whole facility. Like there's nobody working there and it's literally just me. Um, and so like weekday early in the morning when I'm the only person I've got, 10 pistol bays I've got 10 rifle bays and skeet and trap all to myself that's pretty nice because I don't have to worry about anybody else yeah 
Um, but when there are a lot of people using the facility with no oversight, then it's very sketchy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone should be a range officer in some way, like when you're on the range, right? So I don't know if it's just me being on the range so often, or I think the FSU team scared the crap out of me, but I'm looking to see how people are gun handling, if they have eyes on, if they have ears on. I don't really care as much about your ears because that's on you, but like a ricochet to the face, you know, insurance, it's going to be a lawsuit really quick. Um, so that's a, that's a big thing. The other thing is just, yeah, cleaning up after yourself, but like having a good range is, is a game changer and paying for a range is worth it, in my opinion. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and <laughs> I learned a little bit of something about the range that I was going to in Michigan. So they always set up their USPSA matches the day beforehand. Uh, and then there's actually nobody there. And so I would bring my own targets and shoot all the stages for free and reset everything and then dip out. And nobody ever knew I was there. Now I do. <laughs> hey, it was, it was fun. I got to shoot stages for free and I reset everything. So just can't. That's awesome, bud. That's awesome. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess coming towards the end of this, um, is there any final thoughts or any final topics that you want to talk about? I mean, probably my biggest thing would be if people are interested in doing it, just do it. Like give it a shot. Don't be scared of getting out there and figuring out you suck at shooting. Cause like chances are you probably suck. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. my biggest thing. It's okay. a lot of fun. Um, Pistol skills are perishable, like big time. Yeah. Have you picked yeah. your recently? And they don't, uh, yeah, no, I, I gun handle every day. Um, <laughs> but they um, they don't come easy. You have to practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> expect to suck. Uh, shooting is a very humbling sport. Yeah. Very humbling sport. Have you ever tried to, like, this is not what you're supposed to do, right? But, like, have you compared yourself to others or tried, like, were you really good about knowing that you don't do what they do. Does that make sense? Um, the most comparison I do is just with like my friends who I grew up with yeah. and I'm like, no, I'm going to beat your ass today. Like yeah. it's going down. And then the, invariably, like they always beat me. Of course. Shit talking is part of it. I'm going to shit talk to no end. I'm still going to lose, but I'm going to shit talk all night. Yeah. No, I guess like if I had a question for you, it'd probably be along the lines of, is there a way that I can be more welcoming to women in the community? I think you already do a good job. I think when, okay, you know, you do know your stuff, you know how to grip, you know how to draw, you know how to carry concealed, right? So for, for a lot of people, when I get approached, I'm never asked, Hey, do you mind if I give you some advice? Not trying to, you know, step in here. It's a, but that's a really good approach of like, do you want advice or do you mind? Like, but I could say, no, I'm good. Right. And I'm not normally that person. Normally I get you don't want that gun. My, my old lady wants this, or you're not doing this right. I'm like, you don't know why I'm doing it that way because I'm practicing for something, you know, that I know that I'm gonna have to do. So yeah, being less condescending, asking if they want your advice, because there are some women that do not want it and that's fine, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I think just listening and helping them out in, in a nice way, you do a really good job of that. There are men that are not approachable, are condescending. They don't come across as friendly. So um, keep doing that, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I'm not one to give out shooting advice because I need it, um, but I can certainly be nice on the range. So that's all good. Well, I think there's different tiers to that, right? So like, I'm not a pro. I, I learn from the pros. I teach the beginners, 
you know, and you could teach the, the pre-beginners almost, you know what I mean? There, there is a place for something. So don't ever think of yourself as invaluable because there's people out there that doesn't even know how to hold a gun, even yeah. one handed, like you at least know how to pick it up, keep your finger off the trigger. Right. Most days. That's 90% <laughs> of people that don't know how to do that. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Um, you're sort of on social media ish, but I know you love social media to death, but if people wanted to connect with you, uh, come shoot at Talon or in Tallahassee or whatever, how can they find you online? Yeah. So, um, I'm probably most frequently on Instagram and it's just my first initial followed by my last name. So T Denahan on Instagram. Uh, and then you can see my brothers on there. Um, but no, um, you can message me Facebook, Tyler Denahan. Um, I think those are the only two that I'm on. Uh, but I check them. I don't post a lot of stuff uh, and I'll respond to people if they have questions or if they want to see silliness of me shooting guns. I love it. I love it. So what's next for Tyler? What's your goals or your plans coming up? Um, so like I said, I don't know if we were recording or not when I said it, um, but you know what? We have my my wedding party for my first anniversary coming up here in two weeks and I've got my brothers and a couple guys. We're going to go shoot at Talon on October 2nd. Um, and I'm just hoping none of us get hurt because these guys are crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be a good time. Um, and then, you know, coaching volleyball, hopefully we win a state championship again this year. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. And then bring a new person to the range and shoot five matches and endless summer blast 2022 too. <laughs> yeah, no, we could definitely put that on the calendar. Good, good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. So Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing totally different perspective. I'm so glad that we connected and met and keep in touch. That's, that's huge for me. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're a fantastic friend to have and you keep people informed of what's going on. So we all appreciate you, Kenzie. Thanks. I try. Well, taco club for life too. So yes. <laughs> Yay. That was the coolest experience. If you have a taco, we're best friends. We're done. <laughs> I mean, it's instant, right? It is. It is. I feel like that's all I see of driving taco, taco, taco. Oh, well. So Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. If you didn't take anything away from this, um, shoot guns, learn something new, bring someone new, and drive a Tacoma. There you go. Go. Till next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.